Welcome to the Paul Series Podcast, where we dive deeper into the content from Sunday's message. This episode of the Northridge Podcast brought to you by one of our sponsors. A word from them now. <laughs> we don't actually have any sponsors. So I guess that that's the end of the commercial. <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor us, please email northridgepodcast. <laughs> Northridgerochester.com slash give. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. All Moving right. Let's, let's, let's bring it in here. So, Drew, I'm, I'm wondering, are you the kind of person who texts from your phone or from your computer? Because I feel like I'm getting some feedback that people didn't, they didn't understand what I was talking about on Sunday morning with that. You know, to tell you the truth, I'm a little bit of a hybrid. I do oh. a little bit of both. Depends okay. on... If I'm on my computer, I'm going to text from my computer. Mm-hmm. And randomly, sometimes I will pick up my phone and look at it just from a change of scenery part. But, <laughs> almost know. almost every time I see you send a text message, there's a couple of things that I've noticed. One, he's going to talk to Siri and ask Siri to send a text. But yes. <laughs> you're the kind of person who he doesn't... It's like he doesn't realize that the microphone works from more than an inch away from the phone. <laughs> so when he summons Siri, his face is like on the device. Hey, oh, let me tell goodness. you, Siri needs a lesson in obedience, <laughs> okay? Because she does not oh, listen so unless funny. you talk to her. The other thing that's true of Drew is that he has a ringtone like he's a 97-year-old man (laughs) with hearing loss. Every text, ding! Hey, the faithful people appreciate that I respond quickly because I can hear if I got a text That's message. That's very or not. true. If I uh, apologies to all the fans who are texting me and I never respond. Side note: I don't have any fans, but just to like people like my <laughs> like wife, like our sponsors. <laughs> yes, uh, we have as many fans as we have sponsors. Uh, but thanks no. for listening. We really appreciate all three of you. Yeah, no, seriously. And I do love texting on my computer. It's much better than a touchscreen, in my opinion. But I get why some people. I get why some people. Don't Side do it. fact. Aaron, I don't know if you know this or remember this, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how to text on my computer until you came over and, and set it up on my computer. Are you serious? Yeah. Am I an Ananias to your to your Paul? No. Oh, okay. I was no. trying to make like a connection to the sermon. I, I that's a really that's a fail of a transition. <laughs> okay. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Okay. On a super serious note, actually transitioning completely away from goofiness. Uh, Drew, thanks for the opportunity to speak this weekend, and I just am sure that people are wondering. Um, how are Rod- Rodney and Cindy doing? How was your time down there? How can people be praying? Yeah, first let me say thanks for uh, the prayers. Thanks for mentioning it mm-hmm. uh, in, Sunday morning. Um, it was it was a it was an amazing trip on so many levels, but it was just a great chance to connect with people who are going through a hard time. And I, I you know, I knew I would regret if we didn't get out there. And sure. man, just being able to spend some time. We don't know um, how long Rodney will be around. We don't. Um, it could be two days, it could be another year. We just don't know. And it was just a really special time. And I'm very thankful that you stepped in and and filled in for me and we didn't miss a beat. Um, And so I'm thankful for all the prayers of people praying for for that family as well. Yeah. And our church will continue to be doing that for you. Of course, it was my my pleasure. But um, most importantly, I'm just so glad that you guys were able to do that, even without the kiddos. So uh, a time away at multiple levels. <laughs> yes, it was a beautiful thing being away from our kids. The first time we've been away from Malachi since we brought him home. So mm. just it was just a, a special time. I'm very thankful um, that we had the opportunity to do that. So. Sure, a little bit of grandparent time never hurt anybody. So there, There's <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> so it was fun for me, Aaron, to get off the plane and actually listen to your message. Awesome job. Um, appreciate you filling in the gaps. And what's fun is, you know, 
you got you get to kind of play my role and I get to play your role. So I was listening to your message and I have uh, a couple questions for you that I, I was thinking through. So Here we go. Are, are you ready for this? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, we'll see. Acts <laughs> 9. So what's interesting is, you know, you even said up front, there, there's, there's some speculation that went into your message of sure. just some of the questions that Paul might have been considering. And can you just kind of give me a glimpse in how you got there and the questions you landed on? Talk about that speculation for a little bit. Sure. And uh, let the record show that this was originally Drew's message that I stole. So it's your <laughs> speculation. No, I'm just kidding. Um, obviously, we get, we get the privilege of working together on that. So speculation, uh, to me, I guess... You know, I I felt the need to address the fact that I was I was speaking on Acts nine nine, which literally just says for three days he was blind and he, he ate or drank nothing, and then you know we're kind of making up what Paul might have been thinking about. So I, it definitely is speculation. I felt like it was important to address that, but at the same time, I I guess it doesn't feel like too much of even of a stretch. Hopefully, right. for people um, based on what we talked about, uh, another way we could have framed it that I think would have been much more dry and much less engaging would have been to simply say. We're going to give you a brief biographical sketch of Saul of Tarsus and speak about the implications of his conversion from his previous life. Like we could have done that and that it already sounds boring. (laughs) So another way to do that is to put it in Paul's mind, put it in Paul's words. How would he have been responding to the changes based on his conversion and his background? So it really was just basically, you know, four areas of life that changed for Saul of Tarsus when he became a follower of Jesus. But hopefully it came alive a little more, was a little more engaging based on how we did that. So preaching a sermon is always some parts content and some parts uh, delivery or or, uh, drama or rhetoric, you know, so there's a sense in which you have to both compel and inform. So that was an attempt to do a little bit of both. Well, I think the questions you ask, there's a little bit of common sense that just goes there. When, when we go through circumstances like that, remember Paul's a human, he's not a superhero, special powers. And so you just ask questions that anybody who's walking through those circumstances are, are going to ask it. What, it wasn't even like stretch questions. It's like, wow, (laughs) These are things that he would have obviously asked. Okay, so on the uh, on the concept of speculation, one question that I've been thinking about as I've been studying this passage is, you know, God or Jesus meets Paul on the road and, you know, he says, why are you persecuting me? And then for three days, Paul, Saul, I guess, is blinded. Right. Any speculation on why God chose to blind him for three days? Like, what's the significance of that? Hmm. Yeah, we don't know, of course. So here's, of course, the opening disclaimer that this is speculation. But my guess there would be that God sometimes uses our limitations to get our attention. And and there's a, you know, a thought that we even potentially thought about including at one point of, of that, like God uses limitations to get our attention. Because I think, I don't know if you've ever had a time in your life when you were like forced into a space where you had a lot of time to think, but that can be kind of freaky, whether, you know, you get mono or the flu or something, and, or maybe you have an injury and it puts you on bed rest or something like that. And when that happens, sometimes like you finish the book that you've been meaning to read, uh, your computer battery is dead and you can't reach the outlet. Your <laughs> Wi-Fi is terrible anyway, and you already took a nap. And so you're just laying there like, so what now? Yeah. <laughs> and your mind starts to spin and like you're in that mental space. For some of you, maybe it's the idea of like going on a long car trip and your Bluetooth doesn't work anymore in your car. And so you just have to sit in silence while you drive. Or and you have to actually talk to somebody. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Like just the idea of that mental space. Some people are like, man, I would kill for that kind of quiet. But um, other people, you know, that's a little bit freaky. It can be a little bit scary just because 
you we don't know all of the nonsense that's going on inside of our heads until we're kind of forced to that. Mm. Um, and so I, I think those moments can be especially poignant in our lives if they're forced on us. Yeah. Like Paul does not choose to go blind. Paul is blinded. And so now with, with no choice of his own, he has to lose one of his senses and thus go more inside of his own head than he was before. And, and I think that's God using a limitation ultimately to get his attention. There was a lot that had to happen inside of Paul's head um, over the course of decades. In fact, the next season of Paul's life after this conversion is a period of training where, as far as we can tell, he spent time with Jesus being trained. So there's a lot of mental things that needed to happen. But I think God was basically stepping in and being like, dude, you need one less thing going on yeah. in the next couple of days because you have got some serious mental work to do. And, you know, we maybe we've all experienced this. I don't know if everybody has, but like a week out of work on your bed, staring at the ceiling can do a lot of things to you mentally. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And it's it's interesting as you look at Paul's life and as we begin to study Paul's life, it's interesting that God chose blindness, right? Because mm-hmm we see Paul as a busy guy. Like right. he is a, you know, high D personality where right. he's go, 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 push, push, push. And God chooses before he gets any ministry done to blind his eyes, to slow him down so mm-hmm. he can think. And I think a lot of us, I think a principle that we can pull out is sometimes creating some space in your life to have time to think. You know, right. when you drive in your car, you don't need to listen to music. You don't need to listen to a podcast, except this one, obviously. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> but just give yourself some time to, to think. One of my favorite things to do is go in the woods and just listen to the birds chirp and, mm-hmm. and let your mind think and wander. And I think Paul had this time to do that. It, it's incredible that God does that. And we'll see, even again, a limitation later in Paul's life, a thorn in his flesh, another yes. limitation that God uses to teach him certain things about suffering that will come down further later in the series. But interesting that he chose to use blindness. Let me ask you this, Aaron, what is a limitation that God has given in your life, maybe previously or, or right now, that has caused you some time to think and, and, and stretch you? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say one that I actively experience in terms of a limitation, um, and no, it's not what you're scribbling on the piece of paper that I'm socially awkward. Okay. (laughs) No, it's not that limitation. Although that is a limitation. (laughs) Um, this might sound silly and it's going to actually, it's going to sound horrible. And that is, I think having kids is a little bit of this and, what I mean by that is before Lauren and I had kids doing ministry, you have a little bit more flexibility, you know, the ability to, you have independence. If our evening is free, we can do what we want to do with it. But I think having kids, just having a responsibility that is permanent, that's never ending, that requires a lot of attention and energy. Like I can't go home with my gas tank on empty. Like I've got to have something to give at home. And that has actually forced me to be more dependent on God in my Mm -hmm. work life. Because it's a limitation that God got my attention of realizing that I was I was allowing myself to think that I controlled the outcomes that I was seeing in ministry. And having kids kind of made me realize, like, one, I can't, I don't have the same kind of flexibility or mental space or whatever that I might have. And yet God's still doing things. Mm. And that's because I'm leaning into him and recognizing that I, look, I've got a limitation here. I got a, I got a two-year-old and a four-month-old and a wife that could, could use a break. <laughs> and yeah. so like I got, I need to provide that. And that's a limitation. It's not a physical limitation, but it's a life situation limitation. Yeah, time, was, calendar limitations. Yeah, it was put my attention back on God where it should be in depending on him. It's crazy that you said kids, because that's what I was thinking in my head. Mm-hmm. And it's actually 
kind of funny how God used that limitation in my life to steer my life in a different direction. I was a youth pastor for eight years and ministry was going well. And then Ashley and I, we, we didn't think we could have kids. And then we had Joelle. And it, it's funny, it was this limitation now where I couldn't be out all, all hours of you sure. know, in youth ministry. You're staying up late, you're going mm-hmm. crazy. And here, here comes this daughter who now I'm like... I care so much about her. Like, I don't care who who you're going to prom with. Like, that's (laughs) meaningless to me. And this limitation actually changed the direction of my call into ministry, where it was like God was giving me permission to say, hey, go chase this down now. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's just crazy how God uses those limitations in our life to teach us lessons, to stretch us, to give us time to think and prepare for what he has for us next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Drew, uh, final question, I guess, at least for right now, from me to you, is while we were thinking through this this sermon in advance, um, we debated the fact that we wanted to talk about Ananias, but at the end of the day, there's it's a series on Paul. Like we only have so much time, we got it. We got to focus on the man, the myth, the legend. But um, with Ananias, I I know that you had a lot of interesting thoughts about him, so I'd love to hear you just talk about him, your perspective on him, his importance, all that kind of stuff. So talk to us a little bit about Ananias and how that compares with Paul and his role. Yeah, I actually love the character of Ananias. He doesn't get a lot of publicity, but I think he's really crucial in Paul's story. And when we were actually prepping this message, you know, 12, 13 weeks ago, I want to do the whole message on Ananias. And you're like, right. Drew, this series is called Paul. And I was like, oh man, I guess we can't do that. But I, what's... One what, eighth of the messages. Okay, so it's not about Paul, but right, it's exactly. actually every character we encounter, we're like, we could do a whole message on. <laughs> Yes, that's the and hard part. Like, oh. But I, I think in in our world today, Ananias is actually more relatable to us than, than Paul is. Sure. Because, you know, most of us, we see Paul, we see him as this superhero preacher guy traveling all over the world. You know, you have kids, you're like, how, how can I even have close to the impact that Paul had? And so like, when we look to him, it's almost discouraging because we'll never be like Paul. Paul is the pinnacle. And it's like, that's kind of impossible for me. But when you look at Ananias's life and the impact his obedience had, um, it's extraordinary. I, I always ask my question, my, myself the question, even when I read Acts 9, is what if Ananias said no? Hmm. You know, God come into him and he's like, hey, I mean, I just put yourself in his shoes for a second. Like we read the story, we skim past his story, and we're like, well, let's get to the conversion. But he's asked to go to a guy who is murdering people <laughs> like him. Right. Like, I, I'll just be honest. I'm telling God no. Like <laughs> right. I am. I, I like, <laughs> right. Nobody in their right mind. I would have been like, this is the devil speaking to me, not God. Like, it's it's just crazy what God asked him to do. And nowhere in, in, in the passage do you see Ananias trying to change God's plans. I think mm-hmm. one thing we do in life a lot is we try, God gives us our call and we're like, okay, but I'm going to adjust some, some of these things on the route. And usually our adjustments are to make our life more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Ananias just said, okay, God, and look at look at what happened from that obedience, from that yes to God, is he propelled Paul to his future. Now, I believe God could have easily used somebody else other than Ananias. If Ananias said no, God probably would have went to the next Ananias. Mm-hmm. But I just think there's so much there that is relatable to us. It, you know, how, how in those moments of life can God use our obedience? to set up the next Paul, to set up the next person who's going to, you know, witness to just one person or uh, hundreds of people to become the next pastor or whatever it is. I just think Ananias is such a, a character that we all can relate to because we all have moments in our life where God asks us to do something risky, asks us to do something bold, courageous. And those yeses in those moments are so 
powerful and they yield what we can't even see. I wonder if, I don't know how old Ananias was. I wonder if he got to see all that Saul would become. Sure. And we don't even, we don't have time to explore it. But, you know, right after this, he he ends up immediately going to the synagogue. Like Paul gets baptized, he goes to the synagogue in Damascus and starts teaching. Yep. And I just have to imagine that Ananias is like, walking with him to the synagogue, like arm in arm, or maybe with like an entourage. Yeah, exactly. Like making sure that nobody tries to take him down. Because Paul approaching the synagogue in everyone's mind would have represented punishment is coming. Imprisonment is coming. This is the guy that's coming to shut down our movement. But he comes and Ananias is like, guys, no, just like give him a minute. Like he has this really important role to play. And then as far as we know, is gone. Like just does not show up again in the story. But yet without someone who could function as that bridge. The one person who can say like, no guys, seriously, believe him. God's at work in this situation. He plays this one pivotal, crucial, timely role and then gone. Yeah. And you, and you wonder was like in the beginning of Paul's ministry, was Ananias just kind of trickling along being like, guys, he's safe. God, God came to me. This mm-hmm. is the man. Get behind him. We don't know. We mm-hmm. just don't know. But I just think there's so much to learn from the faithfulness and the obedience of Ananias that we often just skip past. And I think most of us relate more to him than Paul. Man, we hope you guys are enjoying this series and learning alongside of us. As always, we want to encourage you to uh, continue learning with us throughout the week. That's You can do that best through paulseries.com. Every day, they're going to be publishing more and more information. And actually, we just added a way that you can subscribe to those updates via email. I know that was something I was experiencing where I wanted to be reading them, but actually, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I forgot a couple of days. How dare and you? I know. <laughs> I forgot a couple of days, and I, but I want to be reading them. And so we're, we're going to be adding a way that you can subscribe via email. So those will just drop right into your inbox every day, and you can be following along with that new information. Uh, that's coming out each time. And I want to say on that point, by the way, we gave a shout out to some of the guys who were involved in that process last week. And this is totally my fault. This is what I get for uh, not looking at the list before I spouted off the names of the people who were involved. But I forgot a name, guys, I'm the worst. So John Larson, also shout out to John Larson for yeah, being John. a part of that team. Singular shout out Dude, to I'm, John. Yes, you so get, you get, you get a your solo, own spotlight. A spolo, <laughs> that's a spolo? What am I saying? <laughs> a spotlight. Yeah, John, thanks for being involved in that. And genuinely, it's very sorry. That's totally my fault for not double checking the list. Uh, that's on me. And thanks for your hard work on that. It's been it's been awesome. And I think even in this series, as you guys have questions, you know, Paul is a tricky character, and so you're going to have a lot of questions. Let us know. We want to we want this podcast to be for you and answer the questions that you have. You can let us know at podcast at northridgerochester.com. Um, Aaron, you need to say anything else about that? Yeah, well, we've gotten great, you know, feedback. Last week we asked about how God has gotten your attention and we got, you know, a, a lot of great stuff. Um, and we were able to sort through those. So if you've got, again, anything that you're reacting to or questions or just ways that you want to interact, podcast at northridgerochester.com is a great way. Or you can uh, text me and I'll be sure to get on my computer and, and respond. Yeah, I think one of the one of the stories we got was someone get, you God used uh, you know their marriage to mm. God got their attention through marriage and it was just a really encouraging story and so yeah, I loved how it was it was poetic too it was like they mentioned my free fall like I didn't free fall like Aaron did but I was free falling in my marriage yeah. which 
It's cool. Very well. I mean, not cool. You could tell they were engaged with the podcast. Yeah, which is and a, that's what we're it's looking a, it's for. It's a win for us, podcast right? At Maybe you'll get a shout out. Somehow we always sing. I don't know how this happens, but the singing <laughs> there, boys. There should be a rule. Oh, also, man, we're working on name. So if you've got any name suggestions, let us know. We are really kind of at a roadblock right now. This We've got just, some names that aren't good. So we would love to hear your thoughts on that. This just became like those last three minutes of a podcast where you just start hitting the fast forward 15 second button because you don't want to listen anymore. Thanks guys so much for listening and we will we'll, we'll talk with you guys next week.